simply have to turn there. You ought to have that memorized. It simply says this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, and he leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and here's where I'm getting to. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. My cup runneth over. And if you'll let me preach to you, I just simply want to preach, drinking from my saucer, because my cup has overflowed. Father, we thank you today. I'm standing in the midst of a blessed people because we serve a blessed Lord. And I ask that you would help us right now as we just take a moment not to ask you for anything, but just to remember to talk about and to understand that you are the God of not just enough. You're not the God of almost enough. You're the God of more than enough. And Lord, you have done abundantly more than we could ever ask or think. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings, we pray in Jesus' name. You can be seated. I don't know who wrote this poem, and I think it's even a song, but it simply goes like this. I've never made a fortune, and it's probably too late now. But I don't worry about that much. I'm happy anyhow. And as I go along life's way, I'm reaping better than I sowed. I'm drinking from my saucer. Because my cup has overflowed. I haven't got a lot of riches, and sometimes the going's tough, but I've got loving ones around me, and that makes me rich enough. I thank God for his blessings and his mercies he's bestowed. I'm drinking from my saucer because my cup has overflowed. Oh, I remember times when things went wrong and my faith wore somewhat thin, but all at once the dark clouds broke and the sun peeped through again. So, Lord, help me not to gripe about the tough rose that I've hoed. I'm drinking from my saucer because my cup has overflowed. And if God gives me strength and courage when the way grows steep and rough, I'll not ask for any other blessings. I've already been blessed enough that I may never be too busy to help others bear the load. And I'll keep drinking from my saucer because my cup has overflowed. There's a lot of different sermons we can preach and a lot of different reasons too. There's sermons where we are in, uh, uh, we're, we're preaching because we have a need. There's sermons of teaching where we're trying to make sure we understand a principle or a precept of the Word of God. But if you will let me this morning just tell you that I am a blessed man and you are a blessed lady or you are a blessed man. We serve a God that has more than enough to supply your Need As I look through the Bible, and I'm going to do this very, very quickly. Uh, I, I don't want to keep you too long. And, and, but if you'll let me, rather than preach a lot, if you'll let me give you several verses in a row. And just let the Word of God preach. And then we'll, we'll go somewhere. But let me just kind of show you that God is a God of overflow. Uh, all you would have to do is go back to... Um, when, when Jesus fed the multitudes with loaves and fishes. Now, have you ever, I think I made mention of this another time. I don't remember when, but my, my family, going, going from my, my grandmother to my mother to myself, my wife, we are never 
going to fix just enough food to get by. When we cook, we cook enough to eat leftovers for five days straight. We may not eat them, but we at least had them there. I, I, I'm, my mom always told me, you know, we go to the all-you-can-eat buffet, and I'd pile my plate high, and she'd tell me, she said, Brandon, you can go back for seconds. Don't have to get it all at once. But I had this, this reoccurring nightmare. All of you have phobias. Uh, some of you are scared of spiders. Some of you are scared of the dark. I'm scared of not having enough to eat. And I have a fear that one day I'm going to go to a restaurant and I'm not going to get enough and, and, and the portions are going to be too small and I'm going to go away hungry. And, but I, I did go to eat at a person's house and they fixed just enough food. Nobody here in church. It, it, was, it was someone that, that, that's outside the church. My wife and I went and they fixed just enough food for, for that plate. I was still hungry when I got done. I wanted more. And they, no, they had fixed four steaks there, and they were little steaks and there was four people eating and I didn't know what to do, but I, you know, God, when, when, when Jesus goes out to feed those, those uh, 5,000, 10,000, whichever uh, part of the narrative you want to go to, Jesus had the ability to give just enough. He had the ability. He, he could do those mathematical equations just instantly. He knows everything in from the beginning. He could have reached down and broke the bread and every person would have got one piece of bread and one little fish and when they got done, there would have been no leftovers. But God has never been a God of just enough. God is never a God of almost supplying your needs. It says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. We are a blessed people because we serve a God of the overflow. In a, in a prophetic moment in a book of Isaiah, which Isaiah lends the, the, the voice, it's, it's God breathing and Isaiah is writing the words down and it is a prophetic uh, uh, overshadow to Jesus coming to earth. It's a prophetic overshadow of God's kingdom being fulfilled. But he said this in Isaiah 44. Hear me now, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel whom I've chosen. Thus saith the Lord that made thee and formed thee from the womb, which will help thee. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant. Fear not, Jezreel, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon the seed, and thy blessing upon thine offspring. And they shall spring up as among the grass, willows by the water courses. God has always promised he shall supply every need. He, I could go to the book of Isaiah and, and Isaiah 47. I won't take time to read it. But there was another prophetic uh, utterance of what God was going to do. He, he took uh, Ezekiel to the temple. And I preached this and you've heard other people preach it. He took him to the temple and out flowing from, from kind of the altar area and the, and the uh, holies of holies. There was a, a stream of water flowing and it flowed out of the temple. And it flowed down into Jerusalem. And he said, I want you to step in it. And so he stepped in it and it was up to his ankle. He said, keep going deeper. And it was up to his knee. Keep going deeper. It was up to his thigh. Keep going deeper until it had compassed his head and he had to swim in it. And, and it was talking about, it was a prophetic moment of when God was going to pour out His Spirit. 
I could take you to Zechariah uh, chapter 14. It shall come to pass in that day that the light shall not be clear nor dark, but it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord, not day or night, but it shall come to pass that at the evening time it shall be light. And it shall be in that day that living waters shall go out of Jerusalem, half of them toward the former sea and half of them toward the hinder sea. And summer and winter it shall be, and the Lord shall be king over all the earth. And in that day thou shalt be one Lord and his name one. It's another prophetic moment that out of Jerusalem was going to come an overflow of God's spirit. And from that one place in an upper room there in Jerusalem, it would go east and west and north and south until the whole world had been delivered by God's mercy it's the same reason Jesus stood in John chapter 7 on the last day of that great feast saying here I am look at me if any man thirst let him come unto me and drink there is a promise Isaiah chapter 12 with joy you shall drink deeply from the fountain of salvation we are serving a God of overflow when, when God, all, all up through the Old Testament, the interaction of man and God never seemed to satisfy. Abraham saw God's presence, but it was not near enough to satisfy that longing. Moses had a glimpse of the hinder parts of God as he passed by, but that enough could not quench the thirst of mankind. You could go through every prophet. You could go through King David. You could go through every person that had a touch of God, but it was not enough. But on that day of Pentecost in the book of Acts chapter 2, it said that it was, or first off, it was a, a prophetic statement. In the last days, saith the Lord, I will pour out my spirit. When I read that word pour out, I read in excess. I read not eyedropper fools. I don't read when I, when, when I look at something and when God says I will pour out my spirit upon all people. This is not a, a measly giving out and doling out of his presence. But on that day in the upper room God filled 120 people with his spirit and it overwhelmed them. In fact it overflowed the praises and the tongues overflowed out on the street. And they begin to wonder what was going on. Peter preaches to them and what happened in the upper room overflowed onto the street and then 3,000 were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And from there it overflows until all of Jerusalem heard, all of Judea heard, Samaria heard and then the uttermost parts of the world because God is a God of overflow. And you're here today, the majority of us, if not all of us, you have been recipients of the glory and the presence of God. And I'd like to tell you today that if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, not only has God overflowed into your life, not only has He poured His Spirit into you until you can't contain it, and, and we sing those songs. We, I was telling Sister Buford, we, we sing the song uh, that says it's the overflow of a forgiven soul. And so we, uh, now we see you, God, and my heart cannot be silent. There ought to be a natural transition or a natural continuation. If God has poured himself into you, there ought to be something pouring out of you. 
We serve a God that has no limits. They tell me, and, and I can't wrap my mind around it, but they tell me that the universe is ever expanding. That you cannot measure accurately the universe nor its size. And about the time that, that scientists, even if they're just guessing, about the time, Brother Hickey, that the scientists think they found the end, then all of a sudden technology allows them to see farther. Technology allows them to see a longer distance. And we understand that this universe that you and I live in has no end. Now, I just said the universe has no end, but God is bigger than that. And if all of God, he says, I want to I come and live in you, there's no way you and I can contain the blessing that God has given us. Would you allow me very quickly to read you uh, seven verses? And I want to tell you what ought to happen in your life. If the overflow of God's presence has ever filled you, this ought to happen. Number one, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 14. They pray for you with deep affection for the overflowing grace that God has given you. If you've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost then it ought to overflow out of your little cup and ought to be splashing on the saucer of your life. There ought to be grace that overflows out of your life. For those in whom much has been forgiven, much shall be required. The grace of God blows my mind when I think of all that He's done for me. And I know you've been better and worse than I am. You like that? Surely I'm better than you. Surely my sins, God didn't have to stoop very far, Brother Harvey, to forgive me of my sins. But y'all, my goodness. When I think of where God's brought you from, that's how we think. But that's not how the Bible reads. The Bible reads and starts listing all those bad things. And then it says, yeah, but such were some of you and you were worse than that. When I think of what God did and where he brought me out of. When I think of how many times I have cussed at him and I've spit at his face and I've cursed him and I said I don't care I'm ready to be done but yet still the love of God overflows can I tell you there ought to be a grace that overflows out of our life for our God is more than enough in John chapter 15 and verse 11 these verses I'm reading are coming from the New Living Translation the, uh, John chapter 15 he said I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy and he doesn't stop there Jesus says yes or verily your joy will overflow if you've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost the joy of the Lord the Bible says which is your strength the joy will be greater than the sorrows. Do I have sorrow? Absolutely. Do I have loss? Absolutely. Do I have problems? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, the joy of the Lord is greater than any doubt, depression, fear, anger. None of that. The joy is overflowing. Or how about Romans 15, 13? I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace as you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Hope. Hope. Meaning, when situations come that steal the hope, 
Or let me say it this. When you are looking at your life and all seems hopeless. If you've been filled with the Spirit, greater is the hope within you than the hopelessness of the world. Which means when there should be hopelessness, when there should be despondent despair, when I ought to just sit in my room and cry and sob, I can't help it. Even when I want to have a pity party, God won't let me because the hope springs out of my soul. I'm living in the overflow of God's presence. But it doesn't stop there. Philippians 1.9 I pray that your love will overflow more and more. Now my wife can, can attest to this and I will pat myself on the back. Thank you very much. But I will tell you right now that it's hard for me to get mad at people. Even when I want to hold a grudge. Even when I want to do everything within me because my flesh, oh I can hold a grudge. I'm a very calm person, but inside I ain't so calm. Inside, I, I want to punch you. Inside, when people get on, on me and they push me, inside I, I think of ways that you could disappear. It's like the old little cartoon. Squish your head. Squish your head. Squish your head. That's the old me. But I've been filled with something new. And as we preached a couple days, a couple uh, services ago, the old has passed away and all has become new. And even when I want to get angry, and even when I want to get even, and even when I want to just let that, that grudge and that uh, 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 desire for you to fail go, God says, nah, I filled you with my spirit. And so the only natural overflow is that love overflows. And so all of a sudden, instead of being even, I start praying. Instead of having revenge, I start saying, Lord, bless them because I'm living in the overflow. Just in case you didn't get it, 1 Thessalonians 3.12 says, And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow. That's the New Living Translation, how, he, how it reads. But it says, the Lord will make you love people and then some. Or how about this, Colossians chapter 2 verse 7. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith shall grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. That's why I sing songs, it's joy unspeakable. You say, Pastor, why are you saying all that? Because if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost... This ought to be the natural thing. Grace overflows. Joy overflows. Hope overflows. Love overflows. Thankfulness overflows. And, 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 and it, 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 I could go more. I could talk about the fruit of the Spirit. You ought to be overflowing with joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. They ought to overflow out of your life. The other day, I think it was yesterday, I uh, got up and I, we have a Keurig at the house. How many of you have a Keurig, one of those coffee Keurigs? And I grabbed a cup. I don't normally normally use a mug and uh, I just felt like drinking out of that one. Put it under there and I pushed all the buttons like I did and I left. A little bit later, my wife 
kind of hollering. I couldn't hear her real well. Finally realized whatever happened, that cup was not enough to hold what was coming out. I don't know if I made a mess or not. My wife is so kind she cleaned it up before I got there. The cup couldn't contain it. Can I tell you today, this five foot nine hundred, well, 210, sorry. <sighs> My driver's license says something different because I don't necessarily change it. They didn't ask me, so I leave it where it is. But this five foot nine, 210, 215 pound body cannot contain what God has done for me. Some of you are bigger than me, and it can, you can't contain what God has done for you. I'm a cup that's too small for the blessings that God has poured out. And so I've just come to tell you today, I don't know that we'll have an altar call. I don't know if it's ministering to you or not, but I'm just here to tell you that I'm drinking from my saucer because my cup is overflowed. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The idea, though, would be this. I know better than to use that, that cup. It's actually a Sylvania Police Department cup, a mug I got when I was a chaplain in Toledo, and I got one from the department. I know now that cup is too small for the Keurig. So that cup gets put away, and we just look at it, and I'll go grab my good cup that I know can handle all of that coffee. Same is true in our life. It has nothing to do with how tall you are or how big you are. That's not what determines your capacity. It's the little lady, that, the, the widow that, that was trying to buy back her sons. She had, her husband had died and, and so she had lost her income and the creditors had come and they were going to take away the house and take away her sons to be sold as slaves. And the prophet came and said, what do you have in your house? And she said, all I got is a little oil she says I don't think it's enough I just got a little bit of oil and the prophet said go get you every vessel you can find and if you'll start pouring that vessel of oil that you have into those empty vessels as long as you are have capacity to contain it it's going to keep flowing but when there's no more the oil will stop he said, go gather vessels. Don't gather a few. Gather everything you can. And I can imagine as this little widow lady went around, she gathered every cup and every uh, bowl of pottery. She gathered every pitcher she could find. And she began to take that little oil and she poured. And that little oil filled up a whole vessel. And then she went to the next empty vessel and she poured it up in the next one. Can I tell you today that you're going to either have a thimble mentality, a bucket mentality, or a swimming pool mentality. But whatever limits you put on God that seems to be where it stops I've come to the understanding of this in my life I don't approach the blessings of God with a thimble I don't even approach him with a bucket because I've been recipients of his grace and I know greater is he that is in me than anything that might come in this world and so I've just tried to live my life with this I can make it, I'm blessed the overflow is there and when the trial comes joy springs eternal and when the sadness comes love springs eternal because Jesus said I will pour out my spirit upon you. We're living in the overflow. Let me say it again. If you're filled with the spirit, grace 
ought to pour out of you. If you're living in the spirit, joy ought to be the resounding emotion in your life. Hope ought to spring forth. Love ought to overflow. Thankfulness ought to overflow. Even when it's hard to find something to be thankful for. You ever met someone you couldn't? You know, it's like the it's like the little girl. She had begged her parents for a pony. She had begged it, begged and begged and begged for a pony. And they never got it for her. And, but she never lost hope. And uh, her dad was kind of mean and, and had a very sick sense of humor. And so one day outside, he brought a bunch of horse manure out. And he just put it out on the back door. And he said, all right. You, there's your present. That little girl saw that horse manure, and she, I don't know what first went through her mind, but she finally said, well, if there's a horse manure, there ought to be a horse somewhere. Have you ever had someone that no matter what the circumstance was, they never got down? Now, Job, we see, we see that Job never sinned and got you know, and, and, and got so angry at God that he sinned. But Job, he started pretty pretty good, but towards the end of the chapter of Job, he was getting pretty bitter. Have you ever met someone like Job that everything just seems to start falling apart? But they just keep saying, the Lord is my strength and my yes, salvation. Hallelujah. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom should I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies, come against me to eat up my flesh, they stumble and fail. Though a host should rise against me and encamp around me, this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to inquire the beauty of his temple. Because there's something in my life overflowing. I want us to stand right now. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. I want you to take a spiritual uh, uh, examination. Take spiritual inventory of your life. Because you who have been filled with His Spirit, sadness and depression ought not rule you. It ought to be hope, joy, love, and peace. If you're living a life and there's anger that boils up inside of you, that ought not, ought, ought not be so. It ought to be love. It ought to be mercy. It ought to be grace. I'm talking to someone right now that needs to kind of readjust. You need to reboot your life. You need to reboot your mindset. And you need to come to the conclusion, I'm drinking from my saucer because my cup has overflowed. And so I'm going to give you an opportunity. We started this sermon, or we started this service with telling you to turn to someone and telling them what God has done. But right now, I want to take just a few moments. You're more than welcome to do it around this front. You're more than welcome to do it in the aisle. But I want you to end this morning service with a praise, with a joy that says, Lord, I now understand that you have poured so much in me, I cannot contain it. And I am overflowing with love and joy and peace and thankfulness and hope. Why don't we spend this remainder of this morning, this service, with a praise to him right now. More than enough, He will supply all my needs. He is my El Shaddai. He always looks out for me.